Hello and welcome again to the Fellow Cast. You are listening to a Bring Your Own Bible episode with Pastor Garth van Niekerk, who's been helping us along through the first couple of big books in the Bible. And today we are treading into the book of Joshua, which as he would call it, a nice change of pace from where we have been in the last couple of weeks. So, so Garth, let us in to where you are at. Valdo, it is really, it's a lack of change of pace because suddenly we're not just speaking about going to the promised land, we're actually going into it and we're taking possession of it. It's really exciting. And for me always, when I think about the book of Joshua, um, the New Testament equivalent of it for me is the book of Acts. Okay. It's taking possession of the promises that God has given for so many years already. So it's a real... Uh, if we think about that figurative picture, it's a wonderful book of victory even for us today, yeah. taking possession of what God rightfully paid for yeah. for us. Now, um, just to maybe break up the book quickly mm. uh, to begin with, the conquest of the land that we read about in Joshua takes about seven years. Um, and then the book in total is about 27 years long okay. because then we end off right at the end with Joshua's final speech and he passes away. Mm. So it'll give you an idea of how quickly things happened. Yeah. I mean, with all of the battles mentioned here and the numerous, numerous kings that are defeated, seven years is a busy time. Yeah. It really, really is. It is a change of pace from the 40 years in the wilderness. Yes, Definitely. of just slugging through and yeah. suddenly poof, victory kicks off. Yeah. It, it really is great. Um, uh, another thing to maybe just keep in mind is after they have taken possession of the land in the book of Joshua, judges are going to start off and tell us there's still a lot of work to do. Mm. Um, Joshua, even at the end of his speech, tells them, listen, we, we had a good start. This is just a start. Yeah. Um, and that's what makes the book of Judges such a sad book. Mm. They've kicked off, but they're not pushing through with the victory that they've been walking in with Joshua. Yeah. Um, which is an interesting thing because mm. we often talk about it's not how you finish, it's how you start. Or things don't go wrong, they start wrong. Yeah. But in many ways, this kind of shows that's not always the case. No. Because you but, could start it right and things can still go wrong if you allow the enemy in. Absolutely. If you want to sort of think about a race, a, a relay race, Joshua put them off to a great pace. Yes. Really, yes. really good pace. Just another thing to keep in mind, um, the name Joshua is the name is same as the name Jesus. Mm, it's mm. Savior. Sure. Um, so even in that picture for us reading through it, think about Jesus as being the commander mm. uh, running ahead. In fact, we're going to meet what I believe to be Jesus Christ, or at least the Lord, in the book of Joshua. Yes. And he is called the commander of the army of heaven. So, okay. But we'll get to him just now. <laughs> Exciting. So, the Deuteronomy finished off with a handing over of leadership. Uh, Moses passed away, and now Joshua is up ahead. Mm. Joshua, the book of Joshua, kicks off the same. Uh, the Lord comes and speaks to Joshua, and he has this refrain punting at him. He says, be strong and very courageous. Mm. So let's maybe just read a few verses there from verse 5 in chapter 1. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Mm. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. 
I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Again, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey. Uh, Go down to verse uh, 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Mm. That's wonderful, eh? Yeah. So he goes to the people and he tells them, the Lord says, three days from now, we're going to go over this river. Now, just a picture of the river. It's in flood. Yeah. It's rainy season and that river is way over its banks. I once just on, uh, just Googled pictures of the Jordan in flood compared to pictures of the Jordan not in flood. Yeah. This thing is four or five times thicker Crazy. than it normally is. I actually, when I read this beforehand, I also watched a little YouTube video of the Jordan. It is quite quite a narrow river. It's not a very wide no, river. but it's not like, that much. Like you said, with the overflowing banks, it makes a difference. Yeah, which think about it from their perspective. They've been camping next to that river now for a long time on the plains of Moab. Yeah. Why did we not just cross uh, earlier? Or why don't we just wait until the rainy season is over and then cross? The Lord tells them we're going to go over at an impossible time. Mm, So that he can be glorified. Yes, so that he will be glorified. And then um, as they get ready, the the clans of Reuben, Gadite, and the clan of Manasseh comes to them and says, Listen, we've... We've already taken some possession of some land here on Moab's side. It's mm. on the eastern side of the Jordan. Um, and we asked Moses. He said we can have this place. Uh, at that time, remember, Moses actually got angry. He wasn't that bad. Yeah. He said, listen, what are you busy doing? Uh, you're discouraging the Israelites to take possession of the land. Um, but then they promised Moses, and they're reminding Joshua now, that we will go over and fight with you. Mm. Um, until you've taken possession of the land, then we will return to our families. Mm. So now they're saying, please, can we go? Listen, when they end off their speech, and keep in mind that this was a private conversation that we just had an insight in between Joshua and God. Yeah, God was speaking to him. And then these guys just happened to, at the end of their conversation with him, <laughs> say to him, uh, verse 18, whoever rebels against you, your word and does not obey it, Whatever you make uh, command them, we will put them to death. So they're just saying, we're with you. And then only be strong and courageous. Exactly the words that the Lord have just used. It was just for me such a beautiful example of um, prophecy and encouragement. We hear the Lord Mm. and then, hey, Valdi tells me exactly the same thing. Without even knowing sometimes. Yes, just confirmation. So he's just hearing, man, God is really stirring me up over here. And then... Interesting. Chapter 2 starts with um, Joshua secretly sent off spies from Shittim, from the other side of the... Yo, I mustn't say that again. It sounds really dangerous. <laughs> mine says mine says Acacia. Acacia Grove. <laughs> You've got the, the, the lovely... The edited concept, version. The edited version. <laughs> and um, so he secretly sends off two spies mm. to go and check out the land, but in particular um, Jericho. Okay. And... Why secretly? What do you think? Because <laughs> the previous time the spying thing didn't go off that well. It wasn't very secret, yeah. 40 years earlier, they sent off 12. Two came back with a good report and the other 10 with a negative and they spent uh, all those years in the desert yeah. because the people listened to the 10. Um, so I think it's very wise of him. He's learning from, oh, this didn't go off well last mm. time. 
Bring me the news, and yes, yeah. I'll I'll listen first, yeah. and then. Um, but these guys then go off into the city of Jericho, and the king of Jericho is told spies came into the city. Hmm. They also know where these guys are, and the king sends off his guards then to a prostitute's house, to Rahab's house, and say, bring out the men that came in with you. And she says, no, they left already. And, and she shows him a direction as well. She says, off that way hmm. they went. And the, the guards quickly uh, go out looking for these spies that came. And then she goes up on the roof. And it's incredible to listen to her conversation with these men. Um, because you realize that the Lord has already gone ahead of the Israelites um, making the way. And they haven't even crossed the Jordan yet at this stage. They're still on the other side. She says, um, all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea. And they retell. We have heard how the Lord defeated Sion, king of Och, mm. um, and all of these guys. Mm. They've obviously also heard about the battle in the book of Numbers against the Moabites and the victories that they've had. And she concludes, verse 11, When we heard of it, our hearts sank and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord, your God, listen to this, is God in heaven above and on the earth below. <laughs> now keep in mind again who this woman is. Yeah. She's a prostitute of a people that the Lord is sending the Israelites to wipe out because they are that evil. Mm. Uh, if you want to put it in that way, she's of the lowest of the lows yeah. in terms of caught up in sin. And yet she's got this brilliant revelation of who God is. From prostitute to prophet. <laughs> Absolutely. She's just speaking out what yeah. the Lord is already the about truth, to do. Yeah. Um, it, it's just phenomenal, isn't it? It is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it it just stirs my heart to think how God can work, and then it re um, sorry, it reminds again just of the, the Balaam, yes, the <laughs> donkey. You know, it's just God can use any any voice, yes, to release His truth or to remind you of of His truth. Yeah, and even to these spies, I think to them hearing her say that wow. must have been a very great encouragement from from the previous time when they went and they saw these giants and whatever or yes. they made it seem like in, they were overcome in fact jumping forward when they come back to Joshua with the news and this deal that they've made with this woman because now they drop yes. down the rope and make a deal with her and said everybody that's in your house will be spared yeah. she says to them go and hide in the hills for three days until you know that these gods have returned and you're safe and then only cross the Jordan. Mm. When they come back to Joshua and retell all these things to them, they say, um, the Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. Mm. So she listened, they listen to this report and say, this is the sign of victory. Yeah. Now, if I can just make a stretch over here, eh? Consider what is the sign that the land is ours. The people are in fear. Yeah. So sure. isn't that interesting if you apply that to us? <laughs> when are we conquered? Yeah. yeah. Same thing. It's that controlling factor of fear almost fear takes control. Yes. If if I'm in fear, I'm losing the battle. Mm. Uh, I'm not in a position to conquer. Yeah. Um, so that's why I go back to the words that God said to him. Be strong and courageous. There we go. Sure. 
as long as you're strong and courageous, you will have victory in this land. Yeah. You will run with me because the Lord knows no fear of anything mm. else. <laughs> Only fear the Lord. <laughs> it's powerful, eh? Yeah, really, really, really powerful. So the deal is struck then with her. And then early in the next morning, Joshua gets up and tells the people, get ready and uh, consecrate yourself because you're about to see something glorious mm. take place. Mm. And sure enough, he gets the instructions of the lords of how this thing is going to go down. He tells the, the priests to carry the ark on their shoulders, and uh, they all go down to the water. And as soon as the feet of the priest touch the water, mm. remember, it's in flood. It's muddy, murky water gushing down. As soon as their feet touch the water, then up to the north, the water stopped. And the water kept flowing down until this massive it's area just out. cleared down and dried out in front of them. Sure. Now, I was trying to picture it for myself. This this didn't happen in secret. Mm. This happens. It's a big river <laughs> out in the country. Every shepherd around there, at some other stage, will bring their sheep down to this river. Yeah. So you've got people moving around in the land. And they're checking out. There's maybe kids playing in the mud, playing in the trees yeah. uh, next to the river. I mean, it's an inhabited country on both sides. Yeah. So both the Moabites on this side, the Canaanites, and they're checking it out. And there, this horde of people come down and walk through the river on dry ground. Crazy. With all their animals and their everything. It must have been quite a sight. I mean, I always try to imagine these scenes. Because, I mean, what kind of reference do we have if you've never really seen that before? Like yeah. the same with the Red Sea. But just imagine you put your foot down there and suddenly, what do, what is it? how does it start? Is it just this instant like <laughs> water going up in a wall or is it like slowly dissipates? Or? Over here it's not. I don't think so. Because with the Red Sea, it actually said he banked up the river. Yes. You know, it, it, yes. So there it looks like a wall in my imagination. Um some people say that the Jordan River, in flood, every now and again, um, the banks would break. Okay. And it would make a temporary wa dam wall. Yes. So that the water would be stopped until the force of the water building up against it can break through again. It could have been something like that. Okay. Makes um, sense. It's yeah. a river stopping on that side and clearing out because there's nothing coming in. Yeah. And then afterwards, the bank breaks again. Yeah. And it comes through. Who knows? Yeah. But again, this picture, I mean, imagine for yourself, we're there at the Cape Stadium. Yeah. Uh, and this horde of people coming out. It's not in secret. Mm. Everybody sees these masses of masses of people carrying their tents, carrying their stuff and all the animals and just coming through a cleared out river. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> On the other side then, um, the Lord says, now circumcise yourself. Because 40 years ago, uh, the, after coming out of Egypt, there was a circumcision, but that entire generation of fighting men have passed away. So nobody born in the desert uh, would have been circumcised already. Um, and then, uh, as they camp there at Gilgal, they've made their first camp. It's their first footprint going into the land. Now imagine again the people of Jericho. These people are now on our side of the river, there's stones throw away from our city, and it's, what, a million, two million people camped out over here. Yeah. If they were shaking while they were on the other it side. must be it, intimidating. Suddenly, now, yeah. they're coming for us. Yeah, no, it's a big, big, big thing. 
Um, just going to read this verse as well. It says, No sooner had they set their feet on the dry ground than the waters of the Jordan returned. Um, just that we, I jumped over something with that rocks that they brought out. Yes, the memorial stones. Mm, I think it's a big thing. Mm. It's, um, they had to go into the river, uh, one from each tribe, 12 guys, and they had to take a stone out of the river from where the priests were standing, mm. right there where their feet were. Which means that, sorry, Garth, to interrupt mm. you there, but that also means walking through the river, it wasn't just sand. No. It must have been quite, you know, if you think of what the riverbed may look like, big rocks, smaller rocks, it's it's uneven. Yes. Because the immediate picture in my mind is, oh, it's just sand you're walking through. But uh -uh. when you read this, you realize, well, there might be some big stones lying around as well yes. that they needed to navigate through. Yeah, to put up a memorial that is actually striking, Yeah. you needed some pretty big stones. Yeah. And then they they, they put them together at Gulgal. So it's a bit further mm. through the river. It's not just on the bank of it. It's a bit further. Uh, there where they camped for the first time. And that's then a memorial for if the kids come back one day and say, well, what's up with these round rocks standing here on a pile? Mm. Retell the story. How did we get through into this land? Yeah. yeah. And weren't they supposed to do do a memorial stones in the river itself as well, if, if I'm not mistaken? Where they were standing, didn't they build a... No. Was that, that they just the took stones the were stone. taken out okay. yeah, as a sign that, how did we get these stones out? Yes. Well, it was dry. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we just walked in and took them out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other big, big thing that happened uh, on that specific day is the manna stopped. Hmm. After 40 years of eating that food every single day, suddenly it stopped. And from that year on, they started eating the produce of the land. Okay. Which again is also just a massive sign to say, I am still providing for you. This mm. is now your land. Mm. Take it. Mm. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So again, that ch change in pace, that transition. Yeah. So uh, we come now to a story that what? It just has three verses and going into a conversation in chapter six with the Lord. But um, I think it, it's a massively important one at the end of the chapter five. Mm. Um, it's not one of those I ever heard in a Sunday school story or something, but okay. it's like the game changer in the rest of the book. Yeah. If not for that moment, that encounter with an angel, they would not have victory. Mm. So it just says in verse 13, chapter five, now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Now I think in the circumstances, you've just crossed through, you're in enemy territory, and there's a guy standing there with a sword drawn. Yeah. What are you thinking? Uh, this is one of the people of the land coming to take out the leader of this nation. Now. Yes, yes. Um, and he just says to him, are you for us or for our enemies? He's ready to fight this guy. And the answer is just so fascinating. Neither. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I've come. <laughs> Isn't that a powerful statement, eh? Uh, if I would say to you, no, I'm not for you, but I'm also not for your enemies. I'm for the Lord. <laughs> Are you with me? Yeah. <laughs> Who's in charge now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's just this. This is not just your battle, Joshua. It's not just Israel's battle. This yeah. is the Lord's battle. If you're gonna go with me, you're gonna have victory. Yeah. Is what it comes down to. Um, I'm not trying to defend you. Mm. I'm fighting God's battle. So get on God's side yeah. and you'll have victory. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then 
He says, uh, what message do you have for me from the Lord? And it starts off with the statement that Moses got on Mount Horeb from God. Take off the sandals of mm. your feet because the place where you're standing is holy. Sure. It, it's just such a significant statement coming through the story of Moses. Because the, God said to Moses that day when he was still a shepherd on that mountain, Take off your shoes. The place where you're standing is holy. And then he says, this will be the sign for you. You will bring those Israelites that are in slavery in Egypt. You will bring them out. And at this mountain, they will come to worship me. Mm. And they come to the mountain. And that what was just a burning bush is now a burning mountain. mountain yeah. All right. So this glorious revelation of God, and it's called the mountain of the Lord. Yeah. But now they're in the promised land. And the same statement is made. Sure. The place where you're standing is holy. So yeah. what is it saying? It's not a it's not a place. It's I'm here, yeah. therefore this place is holy. Yeah. Uh, it's incredibly powerful. Yeah, which which again leads you to believe if you draw the comparison to the burning bush, which we know is like it's God speaking to Moses, right? Yeah. Uh, the same I know you said you believe you know, this is Jesus actually showing so. up and or, or at least the Lord yeah. showing up speaking to to Moses. I see even in, in my translation, it says, um, uh, where it says, Joshua approached him and the, the H for him is in a capital. In capital. So yeah. you realize, yeah. Yeah. Well, why is the place where you're standing holy? Because the Lord is God here. is there. Yeah, yes. it's, it's incredible. And then it goes off um, then to the instructions. The, con the conversation continues in chapter 6. And yes. he gives him instructions. And he says, this is how you're going to take this city. Um, so... He says, you will march around the city with an army for six days, and there are trumpeters going ahead of you. Mm. Uh, I think it's six trumpets, right? And they're blowing these trumpets all the time as you go around the city. But the instruction to the people is, you will not speak a word. Yeah. You will be dead quiet moving around the city. Um, so again, picture for yourself. These people are already petrified. Mm. They are shaking in their boots. It says there, Jericho was tightly shut. Nobody came in or out. So they placed themselves under siege. Yeah. They're not surrounded by an army yet, but they're not going anywhere. Yeah. And then for a week, they march around this place every single day with these trumpets just piercing. Have you, well, you've heard a, a shofar before. Yes, right? I have. It just cuts through you, yeah. that sound. So think about a people locked up in that city already that scared and listening to that noise day in and day out with an entire army walking around. What are they doing? Yeah. What? They're, not, they're not attacking. They're not doing anything. They're just nerving us out, yeah. freaking us out. And then on the seventh day, you walk around seven times and suddenly it just bolts to this climax. You expect after the first round, they're going to leave now. It's, it's just about hang on. It's just about finish. The noise are leaving. Yeah. The people are going. And it just keeps going, and another round, and another round, and another round, and uh, and then the walls come. Yeah, and then he says, down. "Shout, yeah. because the Lord has given you this city." Yeah, what a powerful statement. I mean, the walls are still there. Yeah. everything is. There. It's just a faith statement. Shout, because the Lord has given you the city, and the people shouted out, mm -hmm. and the walls came tumbling down. <laughs> yeah, we know that song as well. It's, it's just so powerful. If you want to apply that to our lives, um, <laughs> you walk around a unmovable thing, a, a problem mm. that just doesn't want to go away, that seems bigger than yourself. Why do you walk around? 
Yeah. The shofar is a shout of victory. It's a shout of worship. The yeah. Lord is victorious. And you just do that. Um, I think it speaks to a lot, a lot in terms of the expectation or the confidence you can have when you obey in faith. That's brilliant. I, I think because yeah. then you, because what that statement is, the the Lord has given you this city yes. before it actually happens. Yeah. I think this morning I read that uh, Hebrews eleven one. You know what is hope? It's when you confidently know that which you haven't yet seen. Um, yes. I think I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, but, yeah. But that's what it boils down to. It's God has said this. I'm uh, obedient in faith, and so I can have a confidence that that would be mine, which He has promised. Yeah. And then it says they went in and they killed. You know, they had to go kill everything. Absolutely. Wipe out the whole place. Yeah, in Afrikaans it's called the, the banflut. Mm. Um, and we'll get to that in a moment because yeah. it's, it's, again, we have to remember who are they killing? Um, why is it so harsh? Yeah. You know? And why um, the violence? Praise God. The, the father, the mother, the brothers, the sister, it says the entire family, after naming all of those, it sounds like Rahab's house was fully packed, mm. fully, fully packed. She, by her confidence in the Lord. She took more people in, yeah. Yeah, she took her entire family into safety. Mm. And then remember that Rahab, this name, is then taken up in the genealogy of Jesus, Jesus Christ. Yeah. She marries a man in Israel and becomes part of the lineage of Jesus <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah. Really glorious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they had to kill everything living in the place and then set the city on fire. And the Lord said clearly, do not take any of the silver or the gold or the precious thing mm. of this place. All of that has to go into the treasury of the Lord. And then one man, we're going to stop the story there, one man, yeah. a Agan, he then actually takes some of those things and goes and hides it in his tent. I think it was a, a cloak, a Babylonian cloak, if I remember right, uh, a bar of gold mm. and some coins. Um, and he stole from the Lord, and that caused the defeat for the next battle, mm. which is interesting because then the Lord starts off the story by saying, Israel have sinned. But wait, just one guy. Out of all of these people, one guy sends, and the Lord makes it a blanket statement. He says, Israel have sinned. And Israel l loses a couple of hundred guys in the next battle yeah. because one guy sinned. Yeah. We're going to have to speak about that next time in terms of um, the, my responsibility to a community and yeah. not just for my own relationship or my own good. Yeah. yeah, How your disobedience can affect more than just yourself. Yeah, I love these uh, names. I know we get there next week, but the names, the defeat at I, H, ach, A, I. A, I. <laughs> I think I. <laughs> he messed it up again. Or it's in, no, it was it Nehemiah. Do not go down to the valley of, oh, no. <laughs> I love those, those names. It's almost like God put them there for, for more than just the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Listen, after the destruction of Jericho, just one interesting point. There's uh, at the end of chapter 6, Je um, Joshua actually after they burn the city and break it down he makes this uh, he speaks out this curse and he says at the cost of his firstborn son he will lay its foundation if anybody ever rebuilds the city at his yeah. cost of his firstborn son he'll lay the foundations and at the cost of his youngest he will set up its gates now uh, it's about 700 years later uh, during the reign of Ahab that evil king in the north mm. and that a guy called Hill he was a Bethlehemite uh, he decided it was a good idea to rebuild the city. 
and uh, it just shows you if you forget what happened before, you're going to step into stuff yeah. that you don't even know. Sure. And uh, it would seem quite innocently because he was just not away. He rebuilt the city and exactly that. Um, his firstborn son passed away when he laid the foundation. And when he hanged the gates, his youngest son passed away. And that's in 1 Kings 16 wow. at the end of the chapter. I mean, 700 years later. And the exact words of Joshua happens. Sure. Yeah. Powerful. The mm. word of God is powerful. It is. The truth of God. And should, may, we never, may we never forget. I think something that I also take out from this section that we you shared on today is definitely those that looking back, that memorial stones. Yeah. You know, what has God done? Because um, obviously putting down those stones, I actually Googled the pictures again of what does it look like today. Yeah. And it seems like it's just the, you don't, you, it doesn't really look like rocks stacked on each other. Yeah. There are some rocks laying around, but you wouldn't know if, if you didn't read it in the Bible. Yes. And again, it's just that I think a lot of people that don't know about that would just walk by and actually, well, there's a bunch of rocks. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. So to really remember what God has done and and choose to be obedient um, yes. in faith and to see how God can use our obedience and faith to to give us victory in yeah. life, Absolutely. big or small things. Mm. Anything last words from you before we Maybe sign off? Maybe just a glance ahead. We're going to then next week. Um, the land is taken in three sections. Okay. So we're going to see how they take the, the middle section of the land first. Uh, there's going to be some big battles, which then leads to the uh, southern campaign. Because then suddenly the people from the south said, oh, we better all get together mm. and wipe these guys out as one. Then the south is taken. And then in response to that again, the northern armies get together and they say, listen, the south couldn't take them. We better take them now. Yeah. And they come together. So it's actually these three massive big battles that okay. takes place, which then break, it brings us to the division of the land at the end of the book. Okay. So that's where we're going. Great. Thank you so much, Garth. Really good session. Thank you to those of you who have been listening. And then we'll chat to you again next week. Until then, bye-bye.